Get your greasy little face up next to the radio because it's time for America's favorite radio program, Animal Stories. And now here in person is the Animal Stories news team anchorman, I, your charming and delightful old Uncle Lair, and him in, in person, little Tommy. Hi, Tommy. Good morning, Uncle Lair. Good morning. Hi, everybody. Python attacks Pekingese. <laughs> I know who won. Python attacks Pekingese. Mm-hmm. Well, Tommy, that's a top story this morning. Plus, we'll have the answer to this question. What do you do when your chinchillas get constipated? Dave Rodriguez and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Yeah, Gabe, are you okay? What makes you think I'm not? You just seem a little angry this, this week. Like you're like, no. all right, another Halloween episode? I think he's in that, be cool, man, turn it down, turn it down. Like, we're talking Halloween <laughs> stuff in the house, and he doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, this is our third Halloween-centric episode of the month. Halloween 3. Ow! Gabe, give, give, me, give, me, give me a little howl. Come on, give me a little, little howl. I only have the animal stories f- sound effects. Remember, is that Larry yeah. Lujak? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Can you give me I one? Do it. Can I do it? Yeah, please. I'm going to break the thing. Ow! <laughs> Something like that. Wait, wait, what happened? That's what it was. That's do it. it again. It's a, it's the Zoom audio oh. um, thing. Uh, try it again, though. Do, do the, yeah, I don't know if you need to get more into the mic or less into the mic. <laughs> it's not spontaneous if I do it twice. But we'll it's only okay. use we'll cut one all of this them. stuff out. You don't remember the ow? You don't remember that? All right, that move. Ow! From the animal stories. It's, uh, it's from Chicago radio. Remember? Yeah, I remember it. I, I I do. I remember it. Ben might I'll, not remember it. No, it's it's not his. It's not his milieu. No, but milieu. I was. Um, milieu. So. Um, on Sunday night, I was at uh, Music Box seeing the premiere. Okay, let's. Some people don't know this, but Ben, you are in Chicago at the Chicago Film Fest. International. Chicago International. Chicago International Film Fest. Film Fest. Now, are you here as a scout for yeah. the Madison Film Festival? Is that basically why no. they give you money to do this? The Wisconsin Film Festival. Okay. In Madison. In Madison. Okay. Yes. Excuse me. I've got. I feel I was thinking about this the other day. Like I feel like you've got a dream job, you know, being a rock star. Mm. Uh, but mm. I do too. Is that what you think I do? Well, whatever it is. You, you yes, do. no. You it have a like much. A you have a much dreamier job. You get to pick. You get to watch movies. Yeah, but you get, you get to, to be sit on around stage, all day, pick your butt, and watch movies. You get to entertain people on stage. I think that's. Is that what you think I do? I've seen it. 
you have a fundamental misunderstanding of what it is <laughs> I do. Well, you're right. I do have a, a I, it, I have a job where I can't believe I get paid to do it, which is to yes. watch movies and then show them to other people if I like them. I can't believe you get paid to do it either. Right. So, yes, I'm being paid to be here this week, and I'm, I, I've seen 10 movies in two and a half days. I've got one more tomorrow. But you're going to say 10 movies in two and a half hours. 10 movies in two and a half hours. That's fucking impossible. It's I, not I, impossible. Have anyway, I told you so, about the movie I made in college called Speed Search of the Living Dead, which was Night of the Living Dead VHS on Fast Forward with me narrating it? <laughs> Uh, so no. I was at the Music Box Sunday night seeing something called Late Night with the Devil, starring Ch- Chicago's No spoilers. Own, no, no, no spoilers, but starring Chicago's I couldn't own, get in. Yeah, that was rough. I'm saving a seat for Scott in the second row, and he's like, they won't let me in. I'm like, I've they got empty seats in. on either side of me. <laughs> Gabe, it wouldn't let me in. In the Music Box? Don't they know who you are? No, they wouldn't let me in because they do know who I am. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to some people over there. Show them my ID. the music box. You should have said, hey, I've had Julian on the podcast. Let me the fuck in. Yeah. What was Julian who wouldn't let me in? (laughs) Um, I remember you. Nope. So this actor is a local Chicago actor who's made it big time. Yes. And some Chris Nolan movies. David, do you know his last name? Because I can never pronounce it. (laughs) Right, so he gets up on stage to introduce the movie, and yeah. he says, early on in this movie, there's a Svengoolie reference, and I'm hoping that if, if, if you're watching this movie in the audience tonight and you recognize what this Svengoolie reference is, make some noise so I know that it went over in my hometown. Um, was it Svengoolie or Son of Svengoolie? Well, I can't answer that question, but it was a Berwin reference. So Berwin, that's Son of Svengoolie, yeah. Well, hi there. You know, the Lions Volunteer Fire Department is having a moonlight dance with music by the Moonlighters today at 1447 Leland Avenue, Mustangs Hall. I know I won't be there. Say, you're probably wondering about our new address. Well, here it is for you. Right in front of your face, the Sunnyside Post Office Box 271, Butterwin, Illinois, 60402. And, of course, I'll be seeing you live right there at Showbiz Pizza. Yes, in beautiful Mount Prospect. It's Wednesday, August 31st. Don't miss me there. I'd like to thank the folks in Barwin who gave me... Wait a minute, I'll get it. This fine shirt and hit the theme, Mary. There's two Svengoolies? Yeah, there's Svengoolie and then there's Son of Svengoolie. When was there regular Svengoolie? Because I only grew up with the Son of Svengoolie. That's right, because that was your shit. Now, Gabe, do you remember this movie called Attack of the Mushroom People? No. No. (laughs) It was on Son of Svengoolie. I just remember him and the chicken, the rubber chicken. And Berwin. Berwin! And Berwin, that's it. Now, you know, when, when, I, was a, when I was three, I was a scary ass like you. I, I love that saying, by the way. Not scary cat, not, not Freddy cat, but scary ass. Sit your scary ass down. I love that. So I was a scary ass like Gabe was. Uh, but of course, I was three. But they would play the beginning of Creature Feature or chiller thriller or whatever and it's just a bunch of clips from movies and people coming out of the ground but i would run right into the closet which to me i was like what are you doing <laughs> you're gonna you're scared and you're gonna run to the scariest place in the house is it safe to come out dad is it safe is it safe is that what it's like over at your house no now when, Gabe, when i when i was you, a kid you go into the closet and you go no heidi is it safe and she's like yeah 
It's no, not yet. When I watched. Listen, when I watched Son of Zvengoli when I was a kid, the best part of it was going to Seven Eleven, getting those three D glasses, uh-huh. and waiting for the creature from the Black Lagoon to come on in three D. For the one uh-huh. second, it would pop up in your face when the fish came up, and it's over, and that's it. The creature from the Black Lagoon. That's that's one of the great monsters of all time, right, Gabe? Yes, it was. It was one of the. It's it's it's. Uh, I have them on my list. What list? Tell us what we're doing on the show today. What's the best? What's the best? What's the best? Monsters, scary people, serial killers, whatever, what have you. Slashers. From Halloween. Slashers. Villains. Villains. Monsters. Monsters. Now you say slashers like slashers is a, a, a pronoun or something, a proper noun. Like slashers means the actual... Like a slasher person. See, I think of slashers as like the genre of film. I never call the killer in a slasher movie. Yeah, but you slasher. would call you would call Jason Voorhees a slasher. Not me, bro. It's the mad slasher. Have you ever heard that in a review? I know you have. The mad slasher Jason Voorhees is back this week on Siskel and Ebert at the movies. Well, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Berwin. So that's cool. Can I tell my second music box story? Is it going to be brief? Briefish, yeah. <laughs> so Scott and I, when we first got together, it was to do some podcast called 70 Movies We Saw in the 70s. And the second episode we ever oh, recorded together yeah. was uh, uh, um, a show about the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978 version starring that's, Donald that's Sutherland. Right. And what's her name? Uh, not Maude Karen Adams. Maude, Maude, yeah. Brooke Adams. And Jeff Goldblum and Leonard Nimoy from Star Trek. Is it Leonard Nimoy or Leonard Nimoy? Great question. Okay. But I don't want to drag out this story. Uh, So uh, one of the great movies of all time, I think. Great movie. Gabe, have you seen this movie? I don't think so. It came out around the time. No, I I, I stopped. It's PG rated. Is it? It is PG. Yeah, but today it would be, not be PG. Made for kids. No, 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 no. This movie would not be PG today. <laughs> so a brand new 4K restoration was showing last night at the Music Look Box. And, beautiful. And Scott said, meet me at the Music Box. Let's go see Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And I said, okay, how can I resist? So we got there. And of course, Scott got you us can. some front row seats. Yes, yes I did. And uh, this they nice let me gentleman, in this time. <laughs> that was nice. This nice gentleman was hosting the event. He got up on stage and he uh, did something which apparently he's been doing all month long as they show horror movies. He asked the audience if people are seeing this movie for the first time. A bunch of people raised their hands. And he said, okay, everyone who did not raise their hand, it's your job tonight to shut the fuck up, not, not spoil the movie for these people who are seeing it for the first time. It's a great movie. Don't be dicks. Right. And I would say that the crowd mostly stuck to that instruction. Uh, but early on, or maybe midway through the movie, there's a, a cameo from the star of the 1956 version of um, uh, Invasion of the Invasion Body, of Snatchers, Body Snatchers, yes. whose name is unfortunately Kevin McCarthy. Yes. Um, so Kevin McCarthy shows up, uh, and a bunch of, uh, not a bunch, but some guys were like, Whoa! Like whooping it up, like this is right. the greatest moment in cinema history that the hero of the first movie shows up in this remake. Right. To which I'm like, oh, dicks! What a bunch of dicks! Right. But now let me know if you thought this way. Icing on the cake for me was that maybe half an hour later, the director of the original uh, Don Siegel, 19- Don Siegel shows and up. Nobody knew. Crickets. 
crickets. Fuck you, Bunch assholes. Of, yes. You're going to come to a fucking show and make Good some point, noise ben. for Kevin McCarthy and then crickets and for Don for Siegel? Don Siegel? Yeah. Fuck a dick, assholes. You're not as smart as you think you are, are you? Yeah. Okay. Excellent, Ben. Excellent point. We are so much cooler and smarter than everybody. <laughs> Speaking of cool and smart people, who do we have on the show today, Gabe? Today? To help us. As of 15 minutes ago, I realized that James Van Osdell is going to be our guest. James Van Osdell of the uh, podcast Con Carcarney? Yes. That, Car Con Carney? Well, Wait, that three times fast. Car Con Carney? <laughs> Con Car Carney? The meat podcast. <laughs> That's right. The autom- automated meat podcast. <laughs> I get it confused with Carney, the uh, Gary Busey movie. Mm, small hands, smell of cabbage. Uh, listen, I don't, but he's, but he's here and he's going to help us, uh, do a, what's the best, what's the best? of monsters. Cause it's, it's Halloween and we're making Gabe stick with us and do all this shit. Did you watch any of the movies we told you to watch yet, Gabe? I watched a movie, but it wasn't anything that had to do with nothing with Okay. So, Halloween. uh, back to Ben. <laughs> I don't really like film festivals. Like the, the first time it, I think we talked about this, but the first time I attended a screening at a film festival, it was at the Music Box, and I can't remember what year. Well, what year is the Chicago Fil- International Film Festival? 59th in year. 59th. So this was probably, Jesus, in the 40s or something. Not the 1940s, but somewhere down there. But it was at the Music <laughs> Box, and it was uh, Liv Ullman's directorial debut. And so it was in Swedish, I mm. believe. I, I'm guessing it was in Swedish. And she gets up there, she introduces it, and the place is packed, and the movie starts, and there are no subtitles. And, and I'm kind of like, and I'd never been to a film festival, so I'm like, is this how it's supposed to be? You know, is it just like, you don't understand the language, you're out of luck. And I'm sitting there for about 10 minutes going, I can't do this. You know, I'm looking at my date, I'm like, I, I'm, no, I gotta go get my money back. Thankfully, the movie stops. Liv Ullman comes back to the front, and she's like, uh, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to stop the movie, uh, and we got the wrong print. There are no subtitles. Crowd starts yelling, like, play the movie anyway. And she's like, no, no, with, without the subtitles, you, you will not understand the movie. And some guy yells out, we understand the language of cinema. <laughs> and then the whole place starts applauding, and I'm like, I want my money back. What, what was Liv Ullman's directorial debut? I, I knew you were going to ask that. And was she one and done? Did she ever make another movie? I also knew you were going to ask that. Probably after that premiere, she was like, fuck this. Yeah. So we've got some non-Halloween, non-horror business to attend to. That's pretty sad. Gabe, you want to talk you about want... Suzanne Summers? <clears throat> uh, I would rather not talk about her in this light, but uh, this week we, we lost another. And Suzanne we love Summers. Suzanne Summers. We, uh, it's safe to say she's had a, a big impact on us growing up around the time that we'd watch things like Son of Sven Gulli. Yes, among other times as well. You know, sure. she, was, she was a mogul. <gasps> Should we do an episode of Those Were the Gabes? <laughs> Back in Gabe Rodriguez days. Read 
Three's Company. Gabe, I, I know you've been wanting to talk about Three's Company for a while. Make sure you just talk about the Halloween episode of Three's Company, though. The Halloween episode? I don't even remember that at all. Yeah, there wasn't one. Mr. Roper was in a dress. <laughs> Who was better? Mr. Roper? Oh, come on. Or Mr. Furley? Are you even got to ask? Mr. No, that... Furley was good. Mr. Furley was good, but he did not he did not break that third wall or whatever you want to say. Wait a minute. Which oh, one was Don Knotts? Was he Roper or Furley? Furley. Furley. Mr. Furley was Don Knotts. Furley broke. He, Mr. He, Roper. What is it? The fourth the Ropers were, were there from the first three seasons. And who's Roper? And they got, Norman Fell? Norman Fell. Okay. And then and who they are you got saying the, is better? Mr. Roper by a fucking mile, dude. Mr. Roper. Are you, really go, are you going against this? It's very thing? hard for me to go against Don Knotts in any context. Oh, man. But Norman Fell? But Norman Fell, he's iconic in this role. Gabe, have you ever seen The Graduate? You always ask me this every time we talk about Norman Fell. You know his character from Three's Company is from The Graduate. <laughs> you know this. As many times as I told you that Texas is the reason got their name from the Misfits, is how many times you told me that <laughs> Wait a minute. Is Norman Fell's character in The Graduate, who, yes, is a landlord, is his name Mr. Roper? It's the- not Mr. Roper. Oh, okay. They got the name Mr. Roper from the British, okay. the British TV show that okay. Three's Company is based on. Called Man About the House. But you're saying they cast Norman Fell because they saw him do it in The Graduate. Yes, I'm saying he was typecast as a as a crotchety landlord. He and could be Mr. Roper. Now, Gabe's looking at me like, he's like, wait a minute. Three's Company is based on a British no, I knew this. TV I show? Knew this. Okay. No, Have I you ever watched it. Man About the House, though? No, I, I, I don't like the accents. It's... <laughs> no, I never watched it. I never watched it. <laughs> Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. The kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. Come and dance on our floor. Come and dance on our floor. Take a step that is new. Take a step that is new. We've a lovable space that needs your face. Three's company too. You'll see that life is a ball again. Laughter is calling for you. Ben, were you too old for Three's Company by the time it rolled around? No, but I, you know, my parents were, um, they were much more encouraging of me watching MASH and mm. um, All in the Family uh, and Maud than Three's, Three's Company. I had was sort of on my own. Are you like, saying wasn't then per- there was Maud? And then there was Maud. Oh. Uh, but uh, I did watch Three's Company, and I was just trying to, in my head, decide, and I'm going to make this bold statement now. I think that John Ritter is a very, very gifted physical comedian. He yes. does Pratt Falls that are top-notch, first class. Right. And in thinking about which show holds up better, uh, Mork and Mindy with Robin Williams and his shtick and John Ritter and Three's Company. I'm going John Ritter and Three's Company. Thank you. Easily. Who, who can you. sit through Mork and Mindy? Well, Robin know. Williams became the bigger star. The sure. Bigger. If you ask sure, people. But only one of them was in Sling, Sling Blade. Right. Absolutely. And only one, one of them is in They All Laugh, giving a very funny performance. Mm. So, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Suzanne Somers. 
So is Joyce DeWitt the only surviving uh, cast member of Three's Company? Is she surviving? I think she's still there. I think so. Who did they replace Suzanne Summers with? What's her name? Uh, well, it was first Jenny Lee Harris, who was Chrissy Snow's cousin, right? And then they replaced Jenny Lee Harris with... Uh, Priscilla Barnes. Priscilla Barnes. Barnes! Barnes! <laughs> That's yeah. the character's name? No. What was her character's name, Gabe? You got this. For Come some on. reason, I cannot remember the character's name, Chrissy, and their cousin... I don't know. Why can I not remember? Carrie. No. Jenny. Producer. Marcy. I know what it was. It was Cousin Oliver. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's when it That's when it jumped the Roper. You know, it was good. <laughs> the Ropers was a good show. Let's, let's talk about that. And it had Jeffrey Tambor on it. Sign me up. Also an address. Cindy <laughs> right. Snow. Cindy Snow. That was the cousin. And Terry. Alder Terry. Was Priscilla Barnes. Yeah, you can take those Terry episodes and shove them. Uh, they're okay. They're right okay. The sun, no, no. Then she gets married, or is it Janet gets married, and it turns into like the end of Friends. It's just like, ugh, I don't want it. Give me those first couple seasons where it looks like they made the show for 35 bucks an episode. That's what I want. They were all in one apartment, and that's it. And you never saw the bedrooms unless... Are you, you got kidding? The Regal Beagle? Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Is that dude saw- who played Larry? Is he still... Yes, you only saw his... You only saw his apartment like once. Well, Richard you, Klein. Richard Klein. That's Richard, Richard Klein still with us? Ooh, I don't know. Let's I thought you were out. saying it's Kevin Klein. He's still with us, according okay. to Wikipedia. Richard Klein? Richard Klein, the comedian? Or Robert Klein? Who am I thinking? Richard what, Klein. Thinking Larry Robert Dallas. Klein, the comedian. Okay, Richard Robert Klein. Klein. Is, Gabe got it right. Yeah, that's amazing. So Let's I see mean, if this are, makes are, the episode or not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Cut that right out. Back in Gabe Rodriguez days, TV was a hit parade. Everybody had it made. Those were the Gabe's. Gabe Rodriguez's TV Corner. So during that time, we were all trick-or-treating to bring it back to Halloween. Gabe, do you remember what your first Halloween costume was? My first real Halloween costume. You're, you have to ask. I was a I wizard. I was a wizard. I had a red cape of some kind and a big coned head like this that covered my whole head <laughs> and a wand uh-huh. and these sharp little <laughs> buttons across the thing. My mom made it for me when I was a kid. And I'll never forget. You had this. a wand? I had a wand. But anyway, I have a I have a picture somewhere. You have a picture, maybe, maybe. Can you find it in time for this episode? I can try. Uh, it, it'll be like the Gorilla Biscuits jacket. It probably won't turn up. Somebody might have <laughs> thrown been, it away. It's been taken to the cleaners. <laughs> he doesn't if I can need find this it anymore, if I can find it, it'll it'll make its way. But That's yes, pretty... the wizard. <laughs> Were you Mister Wizard? Just a wizard. It was a homemade. I didn't buy it at the store. We made this thing. Wow. We. Ben, what about you? I'd be hard-pressed to come up with what my first Halloween costume was. I do remember we used to get those, you know, sort of cheap shit things that came in a plastic package. I remember looking at the Sears catalog every year because they had a Halloween costume section. And I was dreaming of, oh, an astronaut or a cowboy. (laughs) I do have a picture that I'll try to 
find of me in a in a more decent cowboy outfit at some event, and I'm like eight or nine years old. So that I'll I'll say I was a cowboy, a cowboy. Yeah. Wow. A cowboy. I, I remember those those plastic costumes. I had the one plastic one year. masks with the one right. rubber band that always popped like five. Minutes I had into one it. one year, and it was the Tin Man. And you know, if someone was going to eat my lunch or eat my candy. Yeah, get out of here, Tin Man. I mean, it had like the, <laughs> like the the clown like rosy cheeks. It was mm. fucking embarrassing. But <laughs> the next year, I bounced back in a hardcore way, and I went as, you know, one of my favorite monsters, the Wolfman. My dad had some pieces of bear hide that had been made into a bear rug, so I had like the extra bits of it, and I cut out pieces of it, glued it to my face. So I kind of looked like the Oliver Reed Curse of the Werewolf werewolf from the Hammer movies. Glued some to my face, glued some to my hands, put on like a, you know, a shirt over it, and I was the Wolfman. And I, you know, I won I won a, you know, Halloween costume contest, took home some money. The problem nice. is Yeah, the problem is I glued it to my face. <laughs> which meant I had to unglue it from my face. And that was painful. And that left a rash that, that I might still be living with today. <laughs> I don't know. Why did my dad let me do that? You didn't did you have to use glue. Did you think, did you think it was going to be funny to yeah, watch him take it for off? Yeah. <laughs> he must have known. Should we call him and ask him why? <laughs> sure. Is he still up? We're going to find out. He's probably up watching Fox News. Did you see what that idiot Trump did now? Yeah, he hate watches Fox News. He doesn't like watch the other ones. He'll watch Fox News. He wants to go straight to the source. Well, I'm excited to hear that he says uh, Trump is an idiot. No, no, he's, he's, he's known for it. He's, he lives in a town where he's the only one who says it. <laughs> he's famous. Hey, Dad, how you doing? Great. Great. We're, we're doing the podcast right now, so you're on the podcast. Say hi to uh, Ben oh. and Gabe. Oh, hi, Dave. Who? Ben and Gabe. <laughs> oh, Gabe. Oh, hi, Gabe. Hey, Matt. Yeah, it's Ben. It's all right. I answered ben? him, Matt. So, so we, we were talking about uh, our first Halloween costumes, and do you remember when I took some of your bear hide that you had, bear rug, and cut it up yeah. and glued, glued it on my face? Yeah. Why did you let me do that? Because you wanted to. With uh-huh. glue? Elmer's glue? <laughs> well, it looks like a Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of glue was it? Was it Elmer's glue? <laughs> I don't remember. So I have a theory that you let me do it so you could watch me try to take it off. <laughs> you know what I did a couple of years ago? What? I went into McDonald's. The bird hunters, some partridge hunters were there. And I had an old torn shirt and a torn hat, and I cut it up and ripped it up. and put some red blood streaks on my face. They said, "Who? Are, what are you supposed to be? And it was Halloween for Halloween custom. Uh-huh. And I said, I'm Dick Cheney's hunting partner. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, Dad. 
Remember Dick Cheney's? Yeah, I remember Dick Cheney. <laughs> he shot his partner. Yeah. He, he heard a quail flush. Yeah, we all know. We all know. <laughs> we all know what happened. We all remember. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, that's all I, All the time I get. That's it. <laughs> oh, you're, you're getting the hook. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. okay. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. Priceless. Wow. Just a stellar appearance. Just as I suspected. Just wanted to see me suffer. Well, you wanted to. What was I going to do? I was only your dad. Where are the pitchers? All right, let's let's wrap this up. Are we ready to bring on uh, James? Or No, let's do our Halloween picks. for the Halloween week. movie picks. Ben, do you have a, uh, a I do. theme song for this? Or are you just going to put... Oh. I guess I can come up with one. Creature features, and then we go, Berwin. I can do... I'll, I'll sing a little song over the Halloween theme. Halloween, 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 Halloween. So who's going first? Me? Should I go first? Yeah, you're the host. <laughs> Is that what you you think? All right, uh, I'm going with Messiah of Evil. Uh, this is a movie that is streaming on Amazon, but it's also streaming on Shutter. But they're streaming in very, very different transfers. Uh, this is a movie from 1973, and it was uh, directed and written by the husband and wife team who gave us Howard the Duck. What were they? William Katz or Willard Katz was the guy's name, right? Willard Yuck and Gloria Katz. That's what it was. Gloria Katz and Willard Yuck. Hook? I always say hike. I think Willard Hike and Gloria Katz. Right? H-Y-U-C-K. Why? Why? Because we love you. But... U-C-K. I saw this movie, I don't know, uh, one night when I couldn't sleep, we were on the road, and, and I'm... I had just gotten Amazon Prime. And back then, everything on Amazon Amazon Prime was shit and movies you'd never heard of with terrible transfers. That's no different than it is now. Well, then, you know, now they've got like, you Their know, own they've got stuff. movies by Luca Guaranino. Yeah, hey, Guaranino. Yeah, Guaranino. I think we mispronounced his name last week. Uh, you know, they got original programming from Jordan Peele. But back then... It was like, it was a whole different game. It was like all those DVDs that they'd sell you for like three for five ninety nine. You pronounced Ruben Mamoulian's name wrong last week. That's what you did. Uh, uh, how do you say it? Mamoulian. What did I say? You said like mammalian. This is on Shutter in a very in, in a great transfer. It's a, a new one. It's widescreen. It looks terrific. It's a restoration. But there's a blurry four by three transfer that's on Amazon, and that's the one that I originally saw, and that's still there. And that's the one I'm going to recommend. That's the one that looks like you're kind of like involved in some kind of weird nightmare, and everybody's heads is kind of like smooshed, you know, like they look like something out of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um. But yeah, it's kind of a zombie movie. It's slow. It feels like a dream. It, it has a weird dream logic. It it watch it late night at three forty five. 
when you can't sleep, that's the best way to go. It's almost I, got like a carnival of souls vibe. Yes, exactly. Very much like that. Yeah. Messiah of Evil, 1973. Who Who's goes next? next? Hello? Ben? Well? Or Gabe? Who goes next? I'll take it. I've been waiting nope. all week. I've been waiting all week. I've been chomping at the bit at this movie that came out in 1982. Ooh, I know what it 1982. is. 1982. Yes, you do know what it is. Directed by... Toby Hooper, whoever the hell this guy is. What are you going to do? I'm picking oh, it. Oh, I knew it. I'm picking it. Poltergeist. Oh, Poltergeist. Scary-ass movie. Because <laughs> I saw it when I was 11. It's a great movie. I, you know a Toby Hooper movie that I think you'd like even more? Life Force? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You. That's a good one. I, I didn't know who Toby Hooper was until five seconds ago when I looked it up. I don't you know, know who he, directs these movies. You know, he directed... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did he? Funhouse. And Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre, Massacre too. too. Playing tomorrow night okay. in Madison, Wisconsin. Anyway, Ooh. both the guys scared the hell in out 35? of me. 35? In 35 millimeter. Wow. What a to, this day, to this day, I can't go in my attic. Is there an attic in Poltergeist? I no. don't know. They go upstairs. They, no, you know. they don't. No, there's not an attic. Are you sure you've watched Poltergeist? They go upstairs somewhere. No. There's a, there's they a, have bedrooms on the second floor. It might even be yeah. a ranch house. It might all be on the first floor. No, yeah, no, no, it's no, a no, scary no, no. It's movie. got two oh, floors. No, no, yeah. But there's no, it's upstairs. There's no it's attic. Upstairs. Everything happens upstairs. No. <laughs> Not everything, no. In the there's bathroom, There's a great downstairs. scene in the kitchen. In the kitchen. He pulls his face I haven't seen off. this movie in 40 years. 40 years I haven't seen this and movie. And still you're recommending it. Oh, I'm recommending it. It's on Re- Cinemax. Recommending it. <laughs> you asked me to pick a movie, scary movie, Poltergeist. So you're not going to watch it tonight? Hell no. I can't watch it at 50, 40, 30 None of my ages. I can. I remember. So you're recommending a movie that you won't watch. That was correct. That's, that's the whole point. I remember my uh, sister's kids. It was like playing cards with my sister's kids. My sister's kids. They were staying at my house once, and they went to Blockbuster, and they're like, "I want to watch that." And I'm like, "That's PG. Are you, are you sure you want to watch that?" They're like, yeah, we want Poltergeist. Watching it, everything's going fine, and then the whole thing with the TV happens, and the. The finger comes out of the TV. Gabe, is this scaring you? The finger comes out of the TV. Aaron, the boy, starts screaming at the top of his lungs, starts crying. He's like, I want my mommy. I got to go home. And his sister, Marissa, she's like, it's okay, Aaron. It's okay. I'm like, wouldn't stop crying. Had to call my sister. She came all the way back to Chicago to pick him up. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Adventures in Babysitting by Scott Scary. Yeah, she was so disappointed in me. I was like, listen, he decided to glue the bear stuff on his face. Not me. Hey, speaking of TV sets and horror I learned movies, it from you, Dad. What? <laughs> uh, well, that's a good pick, Gabe, but I'm surprised that you're recommending something you can't even watch. And he said if he could I redo it. I can watch it. it I just could... don't want to. <laughs> See? <laughs> Has anyone seen the Poltergeist remake? Oh, wow. That's... That exists, doesn't it? Was it done by Rob Zombie? Would you watch the Poltergeist remake? If it was done by Rob Zombie, maybe. Have you ever watched Poultrygeist? <laughs> That's a foul movie, isn't it? Nice. <laughs> is it, Scott, is your dad on the phone again? <laughs> oh my God, it feels like it. I've been waiting two years hey, to get a Hey, everybody. <laughs> 
Wait a minute. I didn't get to make my pick. Hey, everybody. Yeah, I know, but come on. How dare you? Better not be late night with the devil. It's not late night with the devil, uh, but it's a movie. Well, it's not even a movie. It's a mini series, I guess you call it. Oh, here we go. And it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. And it's Mike from Flanagan. Your Irish buddy. M- Mike motherfucking Flanagan. Uh-huh. Here we go. Made something that captures the spirit that a 15 year old Ben Riser felt when he was reading those old Stephen King books back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mike Flanagan seems to have captured like what I, as, uh, something that's as good as what I thought those Stephen King books were. Midnight is, Mass. That's the important part, right? Right. Now that's good. Midnight Mass is good. Oh, that's your record. That's your reco. That's Midnight my reco. Mass. Yeah. What oh, I think you're gonna. gonna I, I, the new uh, Fall of oh, the House of the Usher. I haven't stuff. seen it. Oh, okay, good. Midnight Mass is really, really creepy and really good. And, and what's his name is amazing in it. Yeah. What is his name? Plays Marvin Hamlish. Marvin Hamlish. Hamlish. Ham. Hamish. Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamish. Hamish. Marvin. Marvin Hamish. Uh, so fucking dark. It it's a it's a vampire story that that's about Spoiler. as dark. It's about as dark as of a horror movie. And I'll just call it a movie, even though I think it's like a six part thing. It's fucking great. A vampire that's in the lineage of Nosferatu, mm-hmm. that kind of vampire. And but also with Last the sort of, of the Demeter, very much like a cast of Stephen King characters, including this. Maybe this this made my short list before I came up with just serial killers for tonight's contest, which we'll be having with James V O soon. Uh, the the woman who's like the church secretary or wherever she is, mm, yeah, she seems like a classic Stephen King villain. He's written like twelve books that have a, a character like that, but I think yeah, Lanigan right. does it even better. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the religious hysteria. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a Stephen King trope. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, better than watching Pet Cemetery 2, which I did last week, even though it had Clancy Brown. Sure. Or Pet Cemetery 1. Ooh. Although, that baby, Pet Cemetery 1. First I play with Mommy, then I play with Jad. Now I want to play with you. <laughs> Like Gabe took the Gabe took the, the headphones <laughs> off. Uh, I don't like that. Hey everybody, it's James Van Osdel. It's our old buddy James Van Osdel. Look at that. I love James. this podcast. Oh, we love your podcast. I watched your interview today with uh, Josh Caterer from Riot Fest. Uh, it was a bit of a scoop. It was. It was. It actually. I didn't get credit for that, but it was a scoop. Yeah, You're getting credit great. right now. Yeah, it was, now like, officially it was minutes after he found out that he wasn't playing Riot Fest. I was standing next to him when he got the text message because it was raining. It was you know, horrible flooding in the yeah. Chicago area that Sunday morning. And so all the artists scheduled to play, I think, before 3 p.m. at Riot Fest were cut loose. Right. And I was with Josh when he found that out. And really, the only thing that the Popes did while at Riot Fest was do that interview with me because they were done. They just went home and went off with their families. Right. And, and, you know, he's, Josh is famous for being uh, uh, a guy with a sunny disposition, I guess. 
Um, Sonny, what, low key, just nothing. No, nothing seems to phase or rattle him. Right. That almost like, like a serial that killer. His, really. Yeah, that's a bit. about as close to getting phased as I've seen him. Where he was just like, ooh. Like Let he, me. What what actually happened? What was a scoop? I, I didn't hear it. Well, everything that was going before three p.m. <laughs> that day, uh, because remember it was rained out. Wait, right? Is Gabe kid, kidding? <laughs> no, you said there was some kind of scoop. That, so yeah, the and then, and then James Fest, gave you the entire scoop. And you third day of Riot Fest, it got rained out, and and Smoking Popes got the axe. They, they they got their set canceled because they had to move everything back. Okay, that's the scoop. That's the scoop. Are, are you with us now? I feel like Gabe doesn't think that's much of a scoop. Well, I thought there'd be some bigger scoop than that. That's, that's, that's <laughs> just the weather. You know, that's all it is. Weather related. And then Josh killed a man. <laughs> Here, let, 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 me, let me see if I can get, the, like, get him on board with us. James was getting ready to interview him for his podcast. Oh my God, we're going to have to go through this again? The moment that Josh found out, he was canceled. He was getting ready to go on stage, then instead... He got that canceled like canceled. His band just wasn't <laughs> yeah. able to play. Nobody's canceling. I got it. I, I think that after his last appearance on our show, he was actually canceled. He was very close to being canceled. He at least told me, uh, don't tag my church in, in this episode. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well done. So like our podcast this month, your podcast, Car Con Carney, has been very Halloween-centric. Yeah, and I think that's the, the joy of doing an independent show or independent creative endeavor. If you're into Halloween, well, screw it. I'm going to do nothing but Halloween episodes for a month. It's my podcast. Why not? I love Halloween. I love this time of year. So yeah, I mean, just like you guys, every episode I do is Halloween adjacent in some yeah. way. Well, what what are the some of, so what are some of the things that you've been doing? Like you've been visiting haunted houses. Yeah, so it went to Hell's Gate Haunted House in Lockport, mm-hmm. Lockport, which is awesome. It's like walking through a movie set. I love going there every year. I went to the Horror House in Avondale. It's on Belmont, right across from the original Akumas. Uh, it's a horror retail place. Right. Spent time there. Went to a mask factory. I didn't even know this existed. It's been around since the mid seventies. It's called Zagoni Studios in Melrose Park on North Avenue handcrafted halloween masks since 1975 and wow. sat down with them yeah i had no you'd never guess going up north avenue off Mannheim road that this place was even there but talk to them so stuff like that cultural some sometimes music related but all halloween adjacent now do you like haunted houses because i'm pretty sure gabe doesn't <laughs> i used to think i didn't and i in my head, I, I had it that the actors would touch you and it was weird yeah. and it was uncomfortable and it was a bunch of like high school students who didn't have boundaries. Uh, that's not the way they are in the modern day. It really well, not is. not now. Yeah. Not now. So I love it. It, it. it is, in the case of Hell's Gate, it's this really immersive thing where you park in this parking lot that kind of looks like a prison yard and the experience starts from the second you get out of your car. You get out of your car, you're loaded onto a school bus. That school bus takes you down this long, winding, dark, unlit forest road that drops you off at the door of the haunted house. I've then from done there, this. you yeah. <laughs> yeah. From there, you yeah. walk through the graveyard for 15 minutes before you right. can get to the haunted house. I love that fully immersive. It, it's thrilling. It, it, I find myself laughing when I go through, not because it's funny, but just it, it, it's kind of a joyful, fun experience, which may be 
the wrong way to, to, to approach it, but I really do enjoy that kind of stuff. I, I, the older I get, I'm finding myself, um, I don't want to say the P word, but I find myself becoming like a Gabe. And like, I actually, I don't know if I enjoy these things anymore. Cause like, you know, Herb's like, we got to hit some haunted houses. I'm like, those days might be over for me. I, I just, I, I'm scared. It's thrilling. I, it's like going on a roller coaster. It's like seeing a horror movie. It, there's, 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 no, no, nobody's reaching out and touching me at a horror movie. But I'm that way with roller coasters. I used to be totally into them, and then I, I, I lucked out. Was with some guy who was in a wheelchair at, uh-huh. uh, at Great America one day, and uh, we got to the front of the line uh, for all the roller coasters. And about six rides in, I was like, "Wait a minute, there might be too much happening." to my body right now today yeah. and I, I i haven't been back since yeah i hate that one where you go up and then they just make you sit there for a second and then they just <laughs> drop you mm-hmm. you ever been on that one gabe no I, I have a problem with great america back in the day i got older and you were mistaken you were mistaken for that age. mascot guy <laughs> mascot. You, you, you walked all over his i'm line. sorry we'll see well i'm sorry yes, let's I, do it again I, let's I do it again. older take two it's not that's live. the problem about the great america I got older. Everybody else stayed the same age. Okay. I, I knew that was coming, Wooderson. <laughs> so so we're going to do a what's the best. Uh, the, we brought you here, James, to help us out with this. Um, so do you get what's going on here? Gabe, do you get what's going on here? So we're going to pick our favorite monsters or slashers or villains, but like, you know, kind of horror movie stuff. Um, if you want to do something from a TV show or what else, Gabe, did you say a book as if you've read a book? Hey, hey, (laughs) just, I don't see as many movies as you guys, so I might not have any, as many possibilities to choose from. Sure. But you've read horror books? No. Maybe like a comic book, something. Okay. 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 Comic books. Uh, songs. Mm. You got a song in mind? Is that what you? No, I got my list. But you got something. You got something. You're good to go. Yes, this is draft style. Does James know how this works? Help me. <laughs> What's the best? All right, so James, you're the guest. You're 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 first. I know you're well versed in not only etiquette but uh, horror films. <laughs> That's right. So, what do you my, got? My first is this kind of unknown, unseen, horrifying entity in It Follows. Okay. You awake? What are you are not going to believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. find him one of my favorite horror movies of of this century really for those who don't know the idea behind it follows it is this sexually transmitted infection concept where after you have sex with someone who's infected with this curse you'll be followed by this horrific entity which can take any shape or persona and it will follow you and if you if that person or if that entity connects with you you're doomed and then the person who got you infected is doomed and it keeps going back in the timeline sounds more complicated than it is i love that movie and in it follows this horrifying entity took 
all kinds of terrifying shapes. There were a couple of outstanding jump scares in this movie, which I still think about. And so for me, it's that villain that could be anyone. It could be Gabe walking down the street. Anyone who's walking a little too close to you right. could be this evil, horrific villain. And I, th- that's a top three for me. It's kind of like the th- as metaphor. Huh? Wow. Interesting. It's kind of like Coming the thing, the right? In, in that, in that, like it takes the shape of. It is. Or it, it, or it possesses. Like in, it follows. It never turns into like a real monster with like. No, no, no. It, it yeah. just, yeah, it becomes like different people, like an old woman or a scary tall old man. And you just never know. And after seeing that movie, I, I swear for the first week or two afterward, anytime someone would walk a little too close behind me, it would make me neurotic. It, it, yeah. That was, the movie was really good at giving you the heebie-jeebies. Good pick. Unexpected pick. Good pick. I'm going to go, it's my turn. Uh, so I'm going to go with an expected pick and one that I hope is going to make Ben Reiser mad. I'm going to go with the greatest slasher of all time. Someone who's pure evil. That's right, Michael Myers from Halloween. <laughs> you got to say it like Donald Pleasance would say it. Pure evil? I, 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 I watched this boy for years and I saw nothing behind his eyes. Oh, Lonnie, get away from there! I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the deathless eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Like that? Yeah, but he, he hits that evil in a special Donald Pleasance way. Evil. Evil. It's an obvious choice. I get it. I'm, I'm a little embarrassed, especially after uh, James's excellent erudite choice. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I mean, it just scared the crap out of me. That thing scared me so much. That Just that face, just the, the way he walked, everything about it. I'm freaking out thinking about it. I, I don't even want to. Did you see Halloween, Any, Gabe? Did I see it? Yeah. Uh, I think I saw the first one and maybe the second one. And, and no, by that time, right. I'm like... We're only talking about the first one right now. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. The, the character itself, Michael Myers, it scares the hell out of me just looking at that face. I don't need to see it anymore. Well, see, that's the other thing. When, when uh, a, a certain shock rocker, Rob Zombie, uh, I wasn't going to name him, but I decided to anyway, uh, decided to remake... Halloween and give give Michael Myers this backstory. Uh, what I'm supposed to accept that he's this mad dog killer because his mom was a stripper. I, I don't understand what this adds to the thing. James, any thoughts on that? I think the zombie movies weren't as terrible as people think they were. Wow, wow that's a nothing hot take. else. That's a hot take in this room. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I think I might even like them better than the last three Halloween movies. Oh, sh- well, uh, th- that's fair. That's a fair point. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There is something so offensive about the Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> They're just, just bad. 
and and, and they keep like posting that article where he did like the top five worst horror movies and he talks about the remake of psycho and he's and he talks about why would anyone remake a perfect movie that's the dumbest thing you could ever do and i'm just like <laughs> are you listening to yourself no i fair points i'm also a rob zombie apologist for a lot of what he does except for the monsters <laughs> now that would be a hot take if you came on here to defend the monsters i, I couldn't i couldn't even get 30 minutes past or 30 minutes into it that was too much speaking I of tried. the monsters gabe it's your turn <laughs> why am i affiliated with the monsters you think I'm going to figure if you're going to pick a monster, it's probably it's about your speed of scariness. I believe yes. what we're trying to that's say. what we're talking about. No, I'm going not the color monsters, though. Oh, no, no, that's too scary. <laughs> no, this character scared the hell out of me no matter where I saw it. And here's where I saw it the most Saturday night at midnight after Saturday Night Live. Freddy Krueger had a TV show. Oh. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. I scared the hell out of me on regular TV. Not even the R-rated stuff. Was it like like a Tom Snyder late night type of TV <laughs> no, show? No, it was a series. Like a Tales from the Dark TV Side series. where Freddy Krueger's the host for like an anthology series? No. It was like real life uh, shows, you know, with dramatic shows, <laughs> mysteries, people going to sleep and waking up and he's in their bed and stuff. So, and- Ben, to answer your question, yes, that's, that's what it was like. Okay. No, no, no. This time, it isn't one of your nightmares. This one was mine. Okay, anyway, Freddy Krueger is my bet. My guy. Scary as hell. Now, have you ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, I might have seen the first one when I was a kid, and I got scared so much I never wanted to see another one. But... Saturday night after Saturday Night Live or after whatever the show was after that, he had his own show and I watched those and they scared the hell out of me too. Because let's take him out of the let's take (laughs) Gabe out of the no, I'm fascinated because because I don't know about the show. James, is it uh, was it an actual Freddy Krueger show where Freddy Freddy's the villain in every episode or is he He just it was was an anthology? It was an anthology. It was like Night Gallery but hosted by Freddy Krueger. It was called Freddy's Nightmares. It was right at the peak of Nightmare on Elm Street. Mania, this was maybe late 80s, lasted for a couple seasons. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure, sure. Ben looks like he's about to wet his pants. Ben, what is your pick? That's the end of your sentence? For top (laughs) monster (laughs) villain. I mean, you just had a weird delivery. What is your pick? Um, Okay. The the text I got was uh, your favorite... Monster, villain, or serial killer. And so I decided to try to narrow it down for myself. You know, add a degree of difficulty. And I'm sticking to serial killers. Okay. And I'm interpreting it as my favorite. But not, per- you're not going to do real life serial killers. No, no, no. I'm doing okay. all movies. And you you and, understood that what I meant by yeah. serial killers. Yeah, I yeah, meant yeah, somebody yeah. like Michael Myers. Okay. Exactly. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more specific. And I'm talking about performances. Uh I'm going to name the actor when I can uh, and their performance as a serial killer in, in the movies I'm going to name. So my I'm first Nick one. Castle. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, so I watched Silence of the Lambs last week with my daughter who'd never seen it before. 
Um, and Ooh, uh, I am on the edge of my seat because I, I don't know which way this is going to go. Right. <laughs> right. And I, and I, and I love silence of the lambs. We could talk all episode about it, about the little problems I have with it. But before I saw silence of the lambs and before I, yeah, before I saw silence of the lambs, but, and before I read either of the Thomas Harris books, or any of the Thomas Harris books that those movies are based on, mm-hmm. my entry into that whole world was um, Michael Mann's Manhunter. Based on Red Dragon. Based on Red Dragon. And Brian Cox, for me, is the ultimate Hannibal Lecter. Oh, wow. So yeah, I'm going you, you Brian Cox, Hannibal Lecter. I want you to help me, Dr. Lecter. Yes. I thought so. It's about Atlanta and Birmingham. Yes. You read about it? In the papers. I don't tear out the articles. I wouldn't want them to think I was dwelling on anything morbid. You want to know how he's choosing them, don't you? I thought you might have some ideas. Why should I tell you? You get to see the file in this case. And there's another reason. Pray tell. But you might be curious to see if you're smarter than the person I'm looking for. Then by implication, you think you're smarter than me since you caught me. No. I know that I'm not smarter. Then how did you catch me? You had disadvantages. What disadvantages? You're insane. And let me say more than one time, Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. has said, I based my entire performance of Hannibal Lecter on Brian Cox's performance in Manhunter. Well, who doesn't love Coxie? But uh, what's the other guy in, in Manhunter? Oh. What's his name? Yeah, Tom Noonan. What's, now, Tom Noonan. He's fantastic. I find much scarier in, in that movie. He he is. But With I'm just mask, saying... That's fucking creepy stuff. You're absolutely right. So Manhunter features Thank not you. one but two terrifying serial killers. I just love Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter and what he gave to Anthony Hopkins as inspiration. So okay. I'm sticking with Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter. Wow. These are, pr- other than Gabe and I... <laughs> <laughs> These are pretty. Uh, no, no, no. Michael Myers. Of out of the box. Belongs. Michael Myers belongs in the conversation. Uh, out of the box. <laughs> out of the. Whatever. I don't know what to do next. I feel. I feel. Out, I feel outgunned and outmanned by you guys. <laughs> James, what you got? My next one is, I think, the scariest Stephen King villain in movie history, and that's Annie Wilkes from Misery. What? Oh, in a world where social media has blurred the lines between fans and creators, like this, <laughs> she's about as chilling as can be. I, I think Kathy Bates is extraordinary. She rescues the author, Paul Sheldon, from a car wreck, and then he's bedridden, and she, she's his biggest fan. And she, she is the nightmare, I think, any creator, perhaps a musician, uh, the worst nightmare someone could imagine. Kimberly Diamond Mines. Do you know what they did to the native workers who stole diamonds? Don't worry, they didn't kill them. That would be like junking a Mercedes just because it had a broken spring. No, if they caught them, they had to make sure they could go on working, but they also had to make sure they could never run away. The operation was called hobbling. Don't do it. 
significados. No, she's a real dirty birdie. Uh-huh. So I, I, I think she's a fantastic villain because she doesn't realize she's a villain. She's just she's just a fan. Right. Doesn't realize they're a villain. So you're going that way. Mm-hmm. So far, maybe the first one that doesn't realize they're a villain. I think everybody else that we pick so far knows or wants to be a bad motherfucker. True. Uh, no, not Hannibal Lecter. I, he does no, not. No, Hannibal Lecter. He he delights in evil. No, and, and in fact, Thomas Harris goes off the deep end eventually, and this mm-hmm. the last Hannibal book has him as like the hero. Yeah, but come on, save it for your for your group for my podcast. My other podcast. Okay, <laughs> your other podcast. All right, this is. Oh, what do I do? Do I keep being honest or do I try to be like you guys? All right, I'm going to... Be honest. Come on. There's no shame here. I'm going to go with Nosferatu. I'm going to go with Max Shrek. Like, like it's still scary. Like, even his shadow is scary. And on top of that, you know, I, I can also lump in Barlow from Salem's Lot, who wouldn't exist without without... Nosferatu, and even all the the weird anti-Semitic imagery that you can tie on to Nosferatu, that's part of it for me. You know, so I mean, there's all these things that can that you can attach to it, but just as far as somebody looking creepy, man, that is creepy stuff, for sure. following you here but uh i, I just realized nasferatu was the original dracula or something like this or the regurgitated dracula i, I don't know i can't regurgitated. follow it it's regurgitated german dracula yes okay <laughs> well, okay it's the, the hookiest the people... of all hook nose jewish <laughs> anti-hero draculas but then they remade it not too long ago right nasferatu oh they're remaking it right now and i'm against it anybody else I am too, but uh, but there is a there is a Nosferatu from the eighties, seventy nine, seventy nine. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Herzog. Herzog. Yeah, I'll watch the remake if Rob Zombie does it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> luckily he's not. By the way, Nosferatu's mother was a hooker in in the Rob True. Zombie version. <laughs> True. Explains True. it all. Gabe, you're up. All right, you said monsters. Favorite. Monsters. Sure. And I'm going to pick a safe bet from me because it's not scary, but it's 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 like a thriller. Godzilla. Oh, oh I took him. I no. took him. No, you didn't. Oh, I thought I did. Godzilla, king of the monsters, alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Godzilla, king of the monsters. It's alive. A gigantic beast, 
dotting the earth, crushing all before it. In a cyclonic cavalcade of electrifying horror, raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Incredible Titan of Terror. Wiping out a city of six million in a holocaust of flame. Jet planes cannot destroy it. Bombs cannot kill it. All modern weapons fail. Is this the end of our civilization? I thought you were going to say Gamera. <laughs> uh, no. Because no, I, I Gamera there. is definitely on my short list. I, I, I love that flying mud turtle. I love Gamera. See, I knew, you like Godzilla when he's a friend to kids, right? He's, he's a friend, not a foe. He's not on first. your side. Not at first. At well, first, he's scary. And, he, and you want to talk about a metaphor. They don't get much much more metaphorical than Godzilla. How so? Give me the, the lowdown here. Ben, I'm not... please, tell him. I can't do this anymore. Well, <laughs> in the wake of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki is, where, is when Godzilla takes place. And, yes. Uh, he is a literal and figurative result of those atomic bombs. Like you know alligator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly like alligator. <laughs> Here's what we'll okay. do. We'll, we'll send you our Criterion uh, code, and then you can watch <laughs> the original Godzilla, and you can see that before the smog monster showed up, he was a bad motherfucker. But he turned good somehow, right? Well, just like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, that happens. it happens to the best of them, the worst of them. Next, Ben. <laughs> Are we up to me already? I think so. Yes. Go counterclockwise. Oh, right. On the, Gabe on the just screen. did Godzilla. Okay, my second serial killer. Um, counterclockwise. In the movie Zodiac, which is one of my favorite uh, oh, here serial he killer goes. movies, <laughs> uh, this guy, John Carroll Lynch, plays Arthur Lee Allen, who, by the end of the movie, they don't definitively name. The Zodiac Killer, because I think in real life nobody's ever definitively said it's definitely him. But I feel like the movie's hypothesis is that it's him. And this guy is so creepy, even in just one scene where he's being interrogated at his workplace. Do you remember this with Mark Ruffalo and they're trading watches? He's like, Mark Ruffalo, is, can, I, can I see that, your watch? Can I is see Is that your the watch? one where he, he's insisting on making breakfast for Francis McDormand? Uh, no, that's, that's Fargo. Okay. But uh, that's just an example of John Carroll Lynch's amazing range. Fargo and Zodiac, a great double feature. You got the three-cent stamp in mm. Zodiac, right? Yes. Yes. Wow, okay. So I see what you're doing here. Interesting. Not a Halloween movie, though. You said monsters, villains, serial killers. Okay. Anyway... James, that brings And by, by the way, Zodiac to me is as good a Halloween movie as anything. The scene with no, Charles. Not. Fuck you. Charles Fleischer in the basement is as scary a sequence as you will find in any movie. Thank you. You're right. It has Mark Ruffalo's mustache. You can sleep. It's early yet. Gotta go. Yeah. I'll fix you some eggs. That's okay, hon. I gotta run. You gotta eat a breakfast, Marge. I'll fix you some eggs. Oh, hon, you can sleep. You gotta eat a breakfast. 
I'll fix you some eggs. The knives I had in my car with the blood on them, that blood came from a chicken that I killed for dinner. What? I had knives in my car that weekend. Maybe Bill saw them and called the other officer on me. Well, we'll be checking in on that. Uh, well, let me ask you something else. Were you ever in Southern California at any time in 1966? Is this about the Riverside killing? Yes. Well, I guess I was there around that time. I used to go down there a lot. I like the auto races. Foreman says that you're ambidextrous? No, that's untrue. You can't write with both hands. My teachers tried to make me when I was a kid, but I couldn't. I'm left-handed. He also said that you made statements about killing school children. That is... That is horrible. That is that's a horrible thing to say. So you aren't angry about being fired from Valley Springs for touching your students? I'm not the Zodiac. James, I all right. Narrowing it down to three was very hard, but I'm going okay. with I'm going with the office workers slash corporate drones working in cabin in the woods wow i love cabin in the woods it's that's a deep cut for those who haven't seen this i've watched it a couple times um it's it's like a scooby-doo movie gone horribly awry and these kids (laughs) the mystery machine kids are basically being manipulated uh as part of this grander human sacrifice and office right. workers are you know, pumping pheromones in the air to get them to have sex, and they're leading them in different directions to, to get them in trouble or harrowing situations with real monsters. And you see these kind of disaffected, just corporate weasels behind the, behind the scenes betting on how they'll react, betting on which monster is going to show up, just completely uncaring about the fact that these kids are being led to their doom. They're, it serves a greater purpose, saving the planet from the, these monsters that are going to devour everything but uh it is very a very thoughtful i thought take on office culture and the way people in offices relate and kind of disassociate from feelings and impacts and the things they do and i think it's a really fun movie to watch and uh, sigourney weaver i think is the director in the movie who's kind of in charge of all of them she's awesome guys if we fail please we haven't had a glitch since 98 we know what we're doing lynn but we have it written down somewhere you guys better not be messing around in there Ooh, does this mean you're not in the betting pool this year big money i am just saying it's a key scenario no i i hear what you're saying in 98 it was the chem department's fault right where do you work again wait it's coming back to me now it's gonna be a long weekend if everyone's that puckered up so you want to come over monday night i'm gonna pick up some power drills liberate my cabinets are you even listening to me? I'm having this feeling that this movie brings up feelings for you that might have something to do with, I don't know, um, something in, in, in your your past work life. <laughs> I think we've all, maybe, you, maybe not you, Scott, but I think we've all had those jobs or those moments in corporate America that have soured us. Yeah, or, but I think you... Personally, you especially are reading 
uh, you're you're attaching a subtext to this that is uh, much more than you know like I, th- I think it's, I think it's a super text. I don't think it's a subtext. I think they're making is that a what it is? is that what it's called? The super text? No, I was just trying to find a clever way to oh. respond. You know what it's called? You know what it's called? <laughs> what? The text. Oh, of course, the text. Super Scott. text is what they put on top of the stage when you're watching an opera. <laughs> That's right. Look at it. It's super text. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's super text. All right. So that brings it around to me. And I'm, I'm going to go with you guys on this. I, I had this before I heard you guys and your highfalutin monster ideas. I had my own highfalutin monster idea, and it's John Cassavetes in Rosemary's Baby. Oh. As Guy Woodhouse. Now, there's nothing more evil than a guy who's going to sell out his wife so he can be an actor. That's a good one. I can't one. think of anything worse. Gabe. I'm not That's following evil. this at all. You watched, I made you watch this movie. I know you watched this thing. No, I, I might have been in the room and had my eyes open, but I was not watching the screen. You, at the end of Rosemary's Baby, when everyone the started going. The chant? Everyone started going, Satan lives, God is dead. <laughs> Gabe runs across the room to turn the TV down. He's like, come on, man, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, my dad was in the other room. Yeah, you didn't want your dad to hear that. No, turn that shit down. What are you talking about, guys? I said normal. What have you done to him, you maniac? Satan is his father, not Guy. He came up from hell and begat a son of mortal woman. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Satan is his father, and his name is Adrian. He shall overthrow the mighty and lay waste their temples. He shall redeem the despised and wreak vengeance in the name of the burned and the tortured. Hail Adrian! Hail Hail Satan! Hail Satan! you out of all the world out of all the women the whole world he chose you he arranged things because he wanted you to be the mother of his only living son his power is stronger than stronger Hail, his might shall last longer than longer Hail, satan no it can't be no oh, look at his hands and his feet That is such a good choice and such a good movie. He has his father's eyes. Uh, it's, that movie still holds up, and it's still I mean, that claustrophobia that the movie creates is unbelievably great. It's it, better. It's better than you remember it is. It is. I mean, it's. I was watching it the other night, and it's. You're like watching the compositions, and and they're all perfect compositions. But it, you're right. It still does feel claustrophobic. It still feels like it's handheld. But you don't see how the compositions can be that perfect in a handheld film. It's 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 incredible. Roman Ro, Roman Polanski has a, many films that are not flawless, but he does have a few that are like, oh, this is a perfect movie. And Rosemary's Baby is definitely one of those perfect Ro, Roman Polanski yep. movies. And yeah. it doesn't hurt that this is peak Mia Farrow either. John Cassavetes, like he was constantly taking roles to pay for you know he was making devil's bargains all the time by just being an actor in movies so this is like this is perfect for him that's a good one 
See the Is worst the husband in movie history. Pretty bad. He the, he the guy who did the notebook. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is. That was his no, son. That was his son. Now he's I the worst husband in movie history. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, this ought to be good. All right. To me, a scary movie is something that makes you cover your eyes because you can't look anymore, right? You know, you're just, you get, you got to hide from the screen. Mm-hmm. And this character, this beast of a person or, or a thing, scared the hell out of me. I couldn't look at it. And I, to date, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it right now. Scott, do you have any idea what I'm going to say? I don't. I was hoping I, no. Because it's not really a, a, somebody you think of as a, you know, a famous monster or anything, but the werewolf from the howling. <laughs> the werewolf? <laughs> There's more than one. Well, no, he's talking about the one dude, the one like who, who like the one that turns into the changes. wolf and he bubbles up in his face. I'm like, what the hell is this? I can't look at it. <laughs> and as soon as the bubbles start, that's it. It's over. I cover up and I. So did you ever get to the part where he wants to <laughs> give him a piece of his mind and he picks a piece of his brain out of his head? I don't remember that at all. Maybe I didn't make it that far. You probably passed out by that point. Hello, Karen. Eddie. Glad you came. I wanted to see you again. I saw you die. You said on the phone that you wanted to get to know me. But here I am, Karen. Look at me. I want to give you a piece of my mind. I trusted you, Karen. I'm sweating right now thinking about it. I'm I'm freaking out. How do you deal with the, How do you deal with Glenn Danzig when he's bubbled up on roids? Like, isn't that sort of a similar effect? <laughs> Just question. You think that's not natural? Him and Jerry only and mm-hmm. Doyle all beefing it up. I don't know. At the end of Misfits' mm-hmm. career, that's when they started. It was 30, 40 years ago. You're going to get some muscle after that. I was going to say, I can't believe we're talking about misfits again, but I can. They're Halloween adjacent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Ben, that, that means you've got to really wrap this up. Okay. Don't disappoint me. Well, I'm going to disappoint you. I already know that. Fluffy from Creepshow. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite scary movie of all time, and I know it's not Scott's, uh, but he came late to the game and... Had to deal with a whole wave of hype, and I get that. But I saw. I came I was, late to the game. To this particular game that I'm about <laughs> to describe. Um, uh, but I saw it when I was probably 13, and it changed Barbie. me. It changed me. I mean, I saw Halloween when I was 12 and 78, so that changed me. But this one was either maybe before, right before, or right after I caught this as as a double bill with Rosemary's Baby. The movie is Don't Look Now, which is mostly. The story of a couple grieving the loss of their young daughter, Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie, and they're hanging out in Venice, and all hell breaks loose. But there's a subplot, kind of, and I don't want to get into spoilers or anything, but there's, a, there's also a serial killer on the loose in Venice. Hmm. 
Mm. And at a certain point in the movie, you find out who this serial killer is and how the serial killer relates to the story of Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. And uh, some people think it's ridiculous and stupid. I think it's brilliant. Mr. Baxter, what is it you fear? My, my wife was warned that, that I was in danger. Just shot, and you went with that. Yeah, man. I knew Gabe should have gone last. <laughs> well, you want to put Gamera in as a as a bonus? I mean, uh, apologies to the Universal monsters. Nobody, no Frankenstein, no Wolfman, no Mummy. It's. I just watched truly for my first time Abbott and Costello uh, meet Frankenstein. Your first what time. for your first time? First time. Wow. JVO, what the f? It's great. Yeah, it's I had really no good. idea I would enjoy it as much as I did because the monsters are the straight men in the movie. <laughs> I mean, they're they're played totally legit. Uh, Lon Chaney is fantastic, Junior, like, and right, it's probably his best take on that character on Lawrence Talbot. But yeah, I mean, to your point, Scott, the the Universal monsters are still pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and the hammer change-ups are fantastic as well. Ooh, ooh, Gabe, I know you like this one. What? Speaking of hammer, what about the reptile with the snake woman? You guys remember Do that some? one? What? And the woman, she's got like the scales, and she's like, she's got the the teeth like a, I don't a snake. This at all. No? no, okay. All right. Well, happy Halloween, James. I, I feel yeah. like we've let you down, Scott. You have. Here's the thing. Really like I, I was, I was struggling with this. Like I'm wearing a tall man T-shirt. It was the top of the laundry pile. I didn't I even think of that before I saw you. The reason why I didn't go with tall man, great character, because I don't love the phantasm movies. What? I, I those are movies that I always wanted to like more than I actually did. Not even the original. No. Oh, I, I don't think that movie holds up at all. Oh. Oh, stop. But I love the character of the tall man. But I, I didn't great. choose him because I just I don't love the movies. He's got a very heavy name as well. Not quite Max Shrek, but pretty close. Angus Scrim. All right, here's something yeah. I, I I wrestled with going into this episode. Do, does a group like Zombies and Night of the Living Dead count? Because that was on my list. Because that was I think the first time I was legitimately scared. Yeah. As a kid in the theater, but it wasn't one villain, and it was kind of a group of. Group of villains. Well, what about the zombie that attacks them in the graveyard in the first scene? Like you could oh, it's a, single him well, out and say, "Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good single out." But that, that that's is. a good, or you could single out Bub, I suppose, from Day of the Dead. But that's a good point. Like uh, Ben and I went to see Invasion of the Body Snatchers last night, like, which is a top five know. film for me. Yeah, five. it's great. But like, 
is that a monster? You know, I mean, you got very close to it with your It Follows pick. Yes. And the thing about Invasion of the Body Snatchers, going back to the villains are the heroes of their own story. They're just spores trying to repopulate right. and fi find a new home for themselves. The humans are collateral damage. They're just trying to, to reestablish themselves on a new planet. There won't be any hatred, you know? Right. You know Everything's I don't cool. hate you. Yeah. There won't be any war. Yeah, listen to Dr. Kibner. Yeah, in a way. Well, if you had named Dr. Kibner as your villain, I would have bought into that. Because I think he is the, the anti-hero That's a good one. I think we figured out a way to do this. That's a good one. That's Gabe. You okay, Doctor Hibner? Who? All right, what? man. We only got one more week of Halloween. You Is don't that have right? To put up with this shit anymore. Can't we get two episodes in before the thirty-first? Not really, because the thirty-first takes place on a Tuesday, I believe. So, yeah. well, we might be recording on it. Yeah, but by the time it comes out, it'll be over. Yeah. And I don't want to Full Thanksgiving me, no. It's to take the tree down. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for uh, including me in your party. Scott, I'm sorry I let you down with my choices. <laughs> it's okay. It's going to work. We'll edit it together. I, I, like, a lot of sound effects. Boo. <laughs> I was under the gun. I didn't have time to really, really put together, you know, Max Shrek. No, sure. I honest I honestly thought I was going to be the only one to come up with like and you know the banality of evil. <laughs> you guys beat me to it like right away. Well, I was afraid I, between you and Ben. I thought, well, this is what I texted you. Like you guys are going to pull out some weird 1960s foreign film villains that I've never seen before. Do some like, fast bender shit. Yeah, like I, I'm going to be completely blown out of the water and say, yeah, Jason Voorhees. I, I wanted nope. to be okay. No, no, no. You I were the coolest one. You were the cool one. <laughs> I planned for an event that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs>